Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bourrée! C'est la bourrée! Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens! pour les Canadiens! Le 23e de l'histoire! You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Thursday, July 13. It is one minute past 10 o'clock. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitter. We are live on Facebook. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please do so. We love seeing those followers and those subscribers going up by the minute, by the hour, by the day. You get my drift. We're going to be talking about Uri Slavkowski and his off-ice training because one of my buddies, Nicolas Cloutier of TVA Sport, earlier today had a great feature on the TVA Sport website. You have to check it out. I'm going to retweet it right now for you so you can all see what it's all about uh, and you can read it, but you can actually watch here and listen because he's going to explain everything to you. This guy's working hard. He placed a couple of calls. It is the sick podcast. I think we're working hard too. Brought to you in part by La Bitta TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. Also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies the country's leading business award recognizing innovative and world-class companies. The best managed Canadian companies designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. I'll tell you right now, I would work for Mike Cinquino and Sean Gerard any day of the week and twice on Sundays. You should too. And the Sick Podcast is also brought to you in part by Playground. Your premier gaming destination, Playground Summer Million, is the must-play poker event of the season featuring 10 championship ring events, $1 million in guaranteed prize pools, and a $500,000 guaranteed main event located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. It is Playground. By the way, um, I would imagine that all of you saw this by now, but um, terrible news. I mean, uh, Alex Galchenyuk, who was uh, signed by the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, just uh, 12 days ago. Well, the uh, Coyotes sent out basically a tweet saying that uh, Alex Galchenyuk is uh, no longer, no longer a member of uh, the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, then Katie Strang of The Athletic uh, basically told us 
that um, the Scottsdale Police Department has confirmed to The Athletic that Alex Galchenyuk was arrested on Sunday, July 9, on a number of charges, including private property, hit and run, disorderly conduct, failure to obey, resisting arrest, threatening, or intimidating. On the hit and run incident, police said it was only property damage and no injuries. Jail officials said he was booked into city jail on Sunday evening and released the following day on his own. Uh, according to court records, Galchenyuk was arraigned on Monday. The pretrial conference has been set for August 11th. Um, unfortunately, this is a um, this is a troubled athlete. It breaks my heart because he arrived in Montreal in um, the summer of 2012 as an 18-year-old and a very innocent young man with high hopes that were um, that were put on him. The Canadians had drafted him third overall, and there have been some off-ice issues um, and probably other issues uh, that have plagued them. And uh, I hope for Alex that he gets his life in order. Um, there are some things bigger than hockey, and obviously your health is obviously uh, one of them. And um, I think it's very, very sad. And uh, and I hope that Alex is... Um, once again, able to get his life in order. This is, uh, it's just bad news. All right, without further ado, let's get to uh, Nicolas Cloutier of TVA Spa for the very first time right here on the Sick Podcast. And I'm happy to have you on, Nick. And as a matter of fact, when I gave you a call and I said, Nick, great job. I loved your article on TVA Spa. And you said, uh, Tony, you're doing a great job too. I watched the podcast. So I thank you for that. And welcome to the Sick Podcast. Bienvenue. So happy to be here, Tony, honestly, and happy to talk about Slavkovsky as well, because to me, he was the biggest wild card if you were, you were looking at the, the forward group uh, heading towards the, the, the camp, because you don't know exactly where slot him in the lineup. I know a lot of fans have already written him off. Mm-hmm. He's the biggest, because he's a unicorn, you know, and his potential, in my view, is sky high. Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, a minute ago I was talking about Alex Galchenyuk, who's a former first-round pick, third overall in 2012. And Uri Slavkowski, first-round pick, first overall yep. in uh, in 2022. Um, the Canadians haven't had a lot of luck with first-round picks, I would say, in uh, the last uh, 15 or 20 years. Uh, some have been better than others. Sergeyev was a great pick. They traded him. McDonough was a great pick. They traded him. Uh, Max Pacioretty was a great pick, and uh, he was here for a while. He ended up getting traded himself, but it brought the Montreal Canadiens, Nick Suzuki. But, uh, you know, third overall, Alex Galchenyuk. Third overall, Jesperi Kakanyemi. They weren't able to last in Montreal. They weren't able to play to the potential a lot of people saw in them. And so because of that, I mean, there's just – could you imagine the pressure on Slavkowski? Drafted first overall, a draft that took place right here in Montreal. Well, well, you know what, Tony? That's why when the Montreal Canadiens draft a player this high nowadays, they don't draft a player solely on talent. They, they drafted Slavkowski instead of Shane Wright, even though they, they really much liked Shane Wright all year. But at the combine interviews – Slavkowski convinced them that he could play in a tough market like Montreal because he showed the humility and the 
and and I think the swagger because you need to have some kind of swagger as well to play in Montreal. Uh, the the reporters are gonna ask you tough question. You're gonna get criticism, and Slavkovsky has that swagger. He doesn't care. He doesn't. He can take the heat, and that's why they drafted him. And with all the history that you mentioned, it, all the more important in the Canadian market. What did you think of his rookie season? Um, a lot of people were probably hoping for bigger numbers from Uri Slavkowski. I think those people didn't realize that Slavkowski is not Crosby. He's not Ovechkin. He's not McDavid. Uh, well, his numbers yeah. of four goals, six assists, 10 points in 39 games. Frankly, Tony, I didn't get the, the fans' reaction to his rookie season because it was well known that the Canadians were drafting a, a guy that was really raw, but with a very high potential and very exciting tools. So we were not expecting for him to come out to come out of the gate and be dominating the NHL in his rookie season. Hell, nobody did that in his draft year already. So uh, that was that was an unfair expectation given to him because of the nature of the first overall pick. And I understand that, but still, we got to be realistic about this. But th the thing, the timeline with Slavkowski was always that it would take a bit more time than uh, other first overall to really get started because uh, because of the big frame, because of all the, the tools. You see, you know, Tony, uh, as well as me, that bigger guys, they take more time. 100%. And it was going to take more time with Slavkowski. But th this kid, I'll tell you what. Like he's he's really ready to put in the work, and that's why the Canadians drafted him also because of the attitude, because of the work ethic. Uh, he, he's really willing to to turn over every stone and look at everything that's out there to get him to the next level. And he's and he's very open minded. So a lot of good signs uh, of things to come. Nicola, a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans fell in love with Uri Slavkowski last year. Uh, the size, the looks. Yeah. Um, the personality, and uh, if they didn't like him already, then all of a sudden there was a video that kind of went viral of him on a, a stationary bike or whatever it is. He he destroyed the bike like he absolutely. I've never seen personally. I felt I, bad for the bike honestly. I, I've never seen that was someone, a beating. I've yeah. never seen someone pedal a bike like that. <laughs> Having said that, um. During the season, I was looking at his cardio and I was saying, is this the same player that absolutely yeah. obliterated that bike? Yeah. Because the player that obliterated that mic that had the oxygen mask over him and stuff like that, I would have thought that he had a lot more cardio than that. And for me, his cardio was deficient last season. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I saw yeah. him getting tired earlier than his line mates i saw some shorter shifts because of it but at the same time um you know he's playing in the best league in the world right it, that's a big adjustment to make well i'm gonna tell you something tony why did you think why do you think a guy with so much muscle and so much muscle definition in his lower body and such a big towering guy fell over so many times on the ice and got it so hard in his, in his first season in the NHL. It's not because he's not big enough. It's not because he's not strong enough. It clearly, clearly was a factor of him not having enough energy at some moment on the ice. 
and being out of breath and being in those conditions that made him vulnerable. And that's exactly what we're getting to. That's what he was working on. Uh, he's working on this summer. Let's take a look at a couple yeah. of pitch, a couple of pictures that were we saw in your article earlier today. Uh, let's to bring them up if we can. There you go. There's one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, let's go back to it if we can. Okay. Let's go back to it if we can. Yeah, the glasses. Okay. There you have it. Are are those VR glasses? Uh, it's troboscopic. Is it? Is it the word, Tony? Okay. Could very well be. I don't know. I you know. Uh, I, I'm born and raised in LaSalle. In French, it would be... Uh, born and you know, raised, raised in LaSalle. The, the words that have uh, more <laughs> than five or six letters. Uh, uh. So, so basically, the, the function of these of these glasses is they, um, they flash at different speeds so that they alter his field of vision and they also alter with the blinking of his eyes. So Slavkovsky uh, has a greater difficulty like evaluating distances and reacting to dynamic changes on the ice. And it also uh, makes it it raises his spatial awareness. So all those things will contribute to him, like having his head up on the ice, because we saw it down too many times in his rookie season. And it will make him more aware of his his surroundings on the ice. And it will make him react more fast to the change that, that is happening around him. All right. Uh, and the other one with the oxygen mask? Yep. So there we have so, okay. it. Okay. Basically, we have to we have to unfold this. It's going to take a, a couple of minutes. So Mikhail Bretnar, which is the, the Zek trainer that worked with uh, Slavkovsky during the summer, is really this uh, fitness uh, guru with all the uh, state-of-the-art technology and all this knowledge and yeah, he's uh, he's kind of a big deal uh, back there. And uh, what he did is uh, when is he, is he the same guy who trained Ivan Drago? <laughs> probably, if you ask me. He, he, he trained a lot of NHLers, let me tell you. But probably. And uh, what he did is uh, when Slavkovsky was in Prague uh, this summer, he, he took him and he made he made him perform what we call a spirometry test. So. This is a test that will uh, evaluate the performance of the lung, like the volume of the, the, the air that the, the lung can sustain. Uh, after that, they put him on a bike uh, and they uh, hook him to a, this, to a MOXIE monitor. And they uh, evaluated like the, the performance of the muscles of the art on how they were giving oxygen to the muscles of the entire body. And after those tests, um, Mikhail came to the conclusion that there were some metabolic limitations with Slavkovsky. Uh, how did he address those limitations? Basically, by targeting his breathing patterns. So he put it, so Slavkovsky went on the ice, mm-hmm. he put on this breathing mask that you, that you can see on the picture. Yeah. And, and he did all those kinds of exercises. And with the breathing mask, Mikhail, he could track. The volume of breathing uh, of, uh, with or without the puck the, of, uh, of Slavkovsky, and he could know at the exact moment where Slavkovsky would be out of breath, like in which situation during the physical activity Slavkovsky would uh, would be short of breath. So now we can tackle this situation and really change his breathing patterns. Wow! And what's pretty cool is that the mask is uh, red, white, and blue. Look at that, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, well made. Uh, nice touch there. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Okay. Um, the 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 glasses, and I know you explained it. It takes me a little while sometimes. Okay, <laughs> but it's complicated year, stuff. It is. It is. Let's not kid ourselves here. Yes, but uh, last year uh, that we saw a trend, a trend of a player who had his head down on a couple of occasions yep. and got tagged to the point where it made a lot of people uneasy and worried. And some people wanted him to go down to Laval because they said if he stays here, he's going to get hurt. Um, the glasses, can they help him in this regard? That's what that's their main function. I believe uh, the glasses, they're, they're basically training him to be more aware of his surroundings, which is basically keeping your head up and knowing where the check can come uh, at every moment on the ice. Okay. Uh, and it's not the only gadget. Like all these gadgets, aside from the, the, resp the respiratory mask, uh, these other gadgets really targeted cognitive functions. So by doing that, is a read of the play on the ice will be quicker and we'll, it will add up quicker to his surroundings. So if everything goes well, because all of that looks good in theory, but until we see it in practice, we can't really judge like the, uh, on the effectiveness of the methods. But if everything goes well, yes, he should be more sharp, more aware of what's coming to him when he has the puck. Uh, how, did you, how did you get on the story? Well, I, j just like you, uh, this picture of him with the glasses – uh, was viral on social media, and I was like, okay, um, there's something there. And I and I knew there was something wrong with Slavkovsky in his rookie season because, to me, it's not normal that a guy this big loses his footing so often. So I got in touch with his trainer. I had some theory. I ran my theories to him, and he, he was happy to uh, confirm or deny uh, any, any idea that I presented to him. So from what I understand – the, the thing is, because if his breeding patterns and his uh, economy of movement was inefficient, like the oxygen wouldn't get to his body in a proper, in, to his muscles in a proper manner. And that's why he, was, he would lose power during a shift. That's mm -hmm. why he would lose footing on the ice. That's why he would lose energy at some point during the game. Because the thing with Sofkowski, he wants to go all out every minute. Like he's a very... Uh, he works really hard. He's a horse yeah. on the ice, and he wants yeah. to be a horse on the ice. But this level was not sustainable because he didn't have, like, the breeding patterns to back it up, you know? I hear you. Did you bring up with his personal trainer his weight? I knew you would talk about it because it seems that every Avs fan on Twitter is a specialist in, uh, in nutrition and or conditioning. But, and they're all saying, oh, Slavkowski is too heavy right now. And obviously, if he comes in at 220 at camp, he's going to be so much more agile, so much more explosive. Uh, that's a load of rubbish, if you ask me. Because if you look at Slavkowski, oh, really? if you look at Slavkowski in the picture I posted today, do you see a man that has like one ounce of body fat? Tony? No, it, you know, I, 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 I would say I would say that his weight is because uh, he has big bones. Yeah, and 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 that's and he has also a lot of muscle mass. That's that is an undeniable fact. I've and had that problem all my life. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I, at one point I wanted to lose some muscle, but it's just it's natural. 
Well, you know, Elliot Freeman always made me laugh when he said, oh, Wayne Simmons has that problem when he can't he, he can put on weight. I would love to have that problem. Yeah, yeah. Makes me laugh every time, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I just put on two pounds. Actually, looking at you, I you know just uh, just <laughs> talking. I just put on weight. I don't stop know what it, it is. Uh, but, all right, okay. So so his trainer, but did you ask you did you? Yeah, ask I asked him? him. Do you have any issue with his weight? He was like, no, no. The only issue is is how Yuhai uh, uses his energy because of his inefficient patterns. He cannot use his energy efficiently. That's the only matter here. So uh, as for Yuhai. If you ask him to lose what, like 10, 15 pounds, that will be most likely 10 or 15 pounds of muscle mass. And that's not going to make, make him more explosive on the ice. That's not going to make him faster if he loses muscle mass. That doesn't make any sense. We have to change the patterns. We have to change the economy of movement. And then you can see some result. And then you can see him uh, make the best of his huge frame on the ice. We have to uh, keep him away from uh, George Larac uh, because if we, uh, <laughs> George is going to put him on salad and tofu, then uh, we're, we're finished. Ah, oh, the, the guy needs some protein. Jeez. Yeah, no, no. He, he needs some protein for sure. All right. Okay. So when did this training start? Uh, the training, uh, it, it started uh, the exact date. He would not disclose it to me, uh, but this is work that started uh, this summer. Uh, this is an idea that Mikael came up with this summer. It was like, I know, looking at him on the ice, I know there's something wrong uh, with some of his, uh, some of his patterns, some of the, some of his uh, physiological background. So uh, he really wanted to do the spirometry test, which is the test that evaluates the, the function of his lungs. And well, it, it was, uh, it was good thinking because you know what, Tony? Uh, after after the work they did together on the ice, uh, it seems that Uhai enhanced by twenty percent his vital lung capacity. Twenty percent is a huge freaking number for any elite athlete. I mean, when you talk about the NHL, the the mar the it's razor thin. Like the difference between a, a player and another, like the margins are razor uh, are razor thin. So you you talk to me about like twenty percent. That is just unbelievable. That's a huge number. 20% yeah. is a huge number. And, um, you know, he was uh, probably cutting his shift short by about 20%. And, uh, man, oh, yeah, definitely. I, 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 listen, I can't wait to see him out of all the players that the Canadians have. I'm going to tell you right now, out of all the players the Canadians have, the one I'm most excited to see when the puck drops to start the season is Uri Slavkowski. And I think a little bit has to do with the fact that we didn't see him down the stretch because he yep. had that season-ending injury. So we only saw him for less than, less than what was it? Uh, I have it here, but was it 33 games or 39 games or whatever it was? So we saw him for less than 40 games. Uh, he played 39 games. So we saw him for less than 40 games. That's number one. Number two, once again, he's a first-round pick, first overall. There's a lot of... And that package, that package that, you know, he's, he's what? He's 6'4", 6'5", 238, 240. That's a big man. And when it comes together, and it's not all going to come together this offseason or at the beginning of next season. No. Give no. it a couple of years. But, you know, it takes, it takes big players a little bit longer, right? Sometimes look at Tage Thompson. Hey, Tage in year five. Byfield. He, he hasn't taken off yet. Quinton Byfield has not taken off at all. You're right. Yeah. You know, we uh, talked about yeah. you we talked about uh, Slavkovsky getting tagged every now and then, Nikolai, and 
big players, and I've said this before, and it's a theory that I really believe, so that's why I keep on saying it. Big players throughout their hockey career, junior and all that stuff, they get by on their sheer strength, physicality, athleticism. And they, they basically, you know, push people off and those people go flying. And, and so they pick up bad habits along the way. Mm-hmm. They don't have their head up when they stick handle because they just, they can p- keep it down and they just plow through everyone. Yep. When they get to the big league, there's no time. There's no space. There's a small rink. Everyone's super fast. The game is super fast. Everyone's excellent. You have your head down for a second, you're going to get tagged. And it happened to Lindros, Eric, and his brother, Brett, who had shortened careers. A lot of big guys have this bad habit. They get tagged. And that's a reason why if they would have delayed Slavkowski's arrival in the National Hockey League, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. As much as I was excited to see him like everyone else, the second I saw him get tagged two or three times, I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's yeah. going to hurt. Yeah, I tend to agree, Tony. You know what? One thing I didn't want to see is him going back to the Liga because the Liga is such a defensive, boring league. It bores you to death, and it and it, and it bores your skill away pretty much. So I, did, I didn't want to see him back in the Liga. Like, nobody produces in that league. So I wanted I, I wanted him in the fast-paced environment that closely resembled the NHL, and that environment would have been Laval. I hear you. Okay. Um, do they have another plan for him other than are they sticking with this throughout the entire offseason? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. All right. And any talk of when he's going to make his way back to Montreal? No, no, I don't. I don't know about the, any of the planes. And like, th- there's also like a part of it that's like there were proprietary informations that they couldn't disclose. Also, oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, where was he? Uh, well, he, he wasn't. The, the thing is, uh, the Michael Bretnal. It's it's he's not his main trainer, but he works closely with him at distance. So the the test they perform on him. Well, he he, uh, he he did them. He he ran the test while uh, Slavkowski was visiting in Prague. But now Slavkowski is uh, is is working in uh, Slovakia right now with his main trainer, uh, Dan uh, Dan Kima. Anyway, I forget his name. Okay, uh, I don't have his name either. Yeah. But does he? Have, is he training with other uh, with other hockey players too? Uh, not that I know of, but. I, he did. He did tell me that um, you know, obviously, genetically, UI has a big advantage. Mm-hmm. But the thing that impresses his trainer the most, I think, is how humble he is, uh, his attitude, his open-mindedness, the fact that he's wor- he's willing to work on himself, and also the fact that well, they came to him with methods that could have seemed absurd, completely foreign to him, and he could have said like. That's a lot of crap. Like I'm, I'm not Ivan Drago. I'm not, I'm not gonna go through this. I'm, I'm just gonna stick to like regular training. But no, he, he went with it, and he was, he was open minded. So really, that shows me uh, he has drive. He has really determination to make this work, and he's open. Nick, uh, you know, uh, following your Twitter handle, I noticed that uh, there was another great piece that you did. 
Yeah. Following the Canadians selecting David Reinbacher with uh, the fifth pick overall uh, and the criticism that came shortly thereafter. Yeah. Uh, you got on the phone and you had a chance to talk to one of his teammates. I, I, I didn't get on the phone, Tony. That's the that's the funny story. So uh, Eric Fay, who, who is the Quebecer that played with uh, Reinbacher all yeah. year long in the year yeah. before, too. Yeah. Well, he's a buddy of mine. So I have a, there's a buddy of mine that is friend with Eric Faye. I play with him on the on the deck hockey team. So okay. he was like, "Hey, you know, uh, my, my my buddy he plays in in Switzerland with Reinbacker. You should interview him." So I was like, "Okay, sure, yeah." So oh, I try wow. to get in touch with him, and he's like, "Ah, no, I'm not talking to the media. No way, we're not doing this." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I won't push it further." I mean, I respect that, but the pick the pick is in from the Canadians and he sees like the reaction from the fans and he's obviously he's pissed off. So I get a call and he's like, you know what? I'm doing all the media interviews right now. So you better get ready because I'm, I'm going to spill the beans. So that's how the interview started because the the guy was clearly pissed off because he's like, Hey, I know the guy I played with him. I know he's legit. I know he's for real. And all these, all these fans that didn't even get to watch like five full games of this guy are already calling him a bus because they didn't take like the, the prize Russians. So he was like, oh, that's a load of rubbish. And he was pretty pissed. So that's how the interview happened. I didn't even have to make a call, Tony. Like the guy yeah. came to me and, and I knew he, he, he would have lined up interviews with all the media thereafter because he wanted to spread his message everywhere. So I was like, oh, my God, better get on my keyboard and write this fast. Wow, you know what? I, I might ask you uh, to put me in touch with him because uh, <laughs> sure. you know what? We, you know, I don't think he did that many in English, so we'd like to hear him. He did one in France, en français avec toi, TV Sport. Oh, we're not gatekeeping here, Tony. I so, can give him. Thank, yeah. What did he? What did he have to say? Uh, well, that David Reinbacker. Uh, you know, th- there were a lot of bad comparisons made to David Reinbacker. Like I saw some experts even comparing to Adam Larson. But basically, that David Reinbacker is a very competent defenseman, also offensively. I mean, he ran the power play on a professional team in a very, very, very good league. I mean, the the, the Swiss league, it's not to be taken lightly. No, like not at it, all. it's it's up there with the big leagues in in, in Finland and Sweden and, and in Russia. It's almost uh, there's there's even a uh, Guy Boucher. I, I heard him. He said, "Hey, you know what? The Swiss league is better than the AHL." It's uh, yes. Uh, in, he, he would know he coached in the yeah. uh, AHL and he coached in the Swiss league. So he coached and, in yeah. both. And, and, and Reinbacker ran the first power play. Uh, and this guy, you know, it, funny, funny enough, Tony, uh, I was not to brag or anything, but uh, even a couple months before the draft. Okay. So yeah. I was, one, I was one of the first on this. I, I did a, uh, I did a profile. I profiled David Reinbacker talking to some people in Europe and talking to his coach in Europe. And, I got the information that the abs were really, really intrigued by Reinbacker and they were, they were really interested in him. And when I reported that um, a couple of months before the draft, it was hard. Like you should have seen the messages I got. Like they, they all, they, they were, they all shot the messenger and they were, they all came after me with their eightful, uh, with their eightful messages. And honestly, some of that stuff was hard to reach. Right? So I was yeah. like, Expecting some kind of bad reaction from the fans because I knew Reinbacker was a, a, a really legit possibility at five. Got it. Fantastic stuff. Uh, what's next from Nicolas Cloutier? You working on uh, something? <laughs> well, there's. 
I, I did try to get in touch with uh, Logan Mayu's agent because yeah. it seems really weird to me that, you know, they, they were supposed to meet with Batman after the playoffs. Yes. And we haven't uh, heard anything. there's something fishy going on because, it, like, obviously that meeting hasn't happened yet. And when is it going to happen? When are we going to have clarity on this guy? Because even at the development camp, the media couldn't speak to Logan Mayu because Logan Mayu didn't have this talk with Batman. So I, I'm trying to dig a little bit on this. I, I don't think anyone's going to bite because they're all very secretive in, on this and it's kind of a delicate matter, but I'm still going to try. Nicolas Cloutier, uh, your first time on the Sick Podcast. You hit it out of the park, my friend. Of TV hey, Spock. Open invitation anytime. I hope to talk to you again in the very near future, my friend. Keep it up. Hey, thank you, Tony. Great show, by the way. Merci à toi. Merci beaucoup. All right. Thank you very much. Marinero, shout out to Murphy Clinic. My wife went to see them earlier today. The lovely Pamela and Kelly. And it's an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal Shop Angus and the second on the North Shore in Terban. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. That place is numero uno. Uh, without further ado, we're going to find out what's going on in the world of sports cards. It's that time. Sick Sports Cards. Presented by Sports La Tornade. Six Sports Cards presented by Sport La Tornade. Sports Cards, collectibles, and more. Visit the store at 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil de Rion. And seeing as uh, Montreal was on a tornade alert earlier today, tornado alert, we thought it would be most appropriate. Uh, that we actually brought to you the tornado, a good one. This is one that you don't have to worry about. Chris, La Tornade. How you doing, bud? Good evening. How are you? Very, very good. How are you? Good, good. I you survived. I saw in the news there, uh, Villa Sal was uh, was hit pretty good uh, with the tornado. No, we were. Listen, uh, I I don't think it was an actual tornado. Listen, we were we were hit pretty good. I have to tell you, I was uh, I was hiding under the sheets, my friend. I was yeah, yeah. I, I was hiding under the sheets, yeah. and uh, yeah, just my luck. I was in one bed, and my wife was in the other, and she was hiding under her sheets. But together, we could not be. Why? Because that's just the way it is. I don't <laughs> understand what's going on. Man. Yeah, it was a good. Uh, yeah. It was a good one. I saw. I saw there was uh, my life sometimes twenty at the exit of La Salle, Villa Salle. There, there was a lot of water in the streets and stuff. Yeah. So. <sighs> But I digress. All right, okay. Uh, hopefully she's watching and uh, sweetie, man, you know? Yeah. Show me some love. All right, okay. What's uh, what's going on with our favorite uh, our favorite hobby, our favorite pastime? What's going on? Well, it's uh, it's summer is upon us. Uh, we've we've now passed the draft. We've passed all the excitement now. So now we're we're in the the summer season. Uh, it's the market's a little bit lower. It's time to work on our website. So now we have, uh, we're working a bit on our website. Uh, we have the www.spalatelnad.com. So we're trying to uh, put up as much inventory online as we can. That's an update on that. We have a lot of new products because we haven't spoken in a while since our, since our event that we did together. 
Yeah. Um, we have some new products. Uh, Upper Deck is still trying to catch up from COVID. So they still have sets coming out from 2021 and 2022, 23. So they're still trying to play catch up, which means uh, in between sets, there's less, less time. So they've uh, they fired out some uh, recently. They just came out with the Upper Deck Ice Series 21-22. They came out with the Upper Deck OPG Platinum Set 21-22 as well. Uh, they came out with Trilogy. That's 22-23. Synergy Hockey is 22-23 as well. Then uh, this um, season is also great for baseball. The top series two was released, uh, and today, uh, just this week, was Top's Finest, which is another big hit in the baseball uh, sports cards. So that's that's what's new in the last month. They've really pushed out a lot of product, which is, you know, it's exciting, but it's a little bit tough for for the buyers to yeah. keep up, and as, as far as keeping keeping up with with everything as far as a store uh, standpoint, it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to get it all in and, and, and get it out and sell it as fast as, as you can basically to get your money back. But uh, yeah, but, people but, are but, still but Chris, if I can, seeing as it's the summer, is it safe to assume that summer sports are more prevalent right now in terms of cards? So baseball, Golf, soccer right. cards probably are more hotter right now than hockey, football, and basketball cards would be? They are. I mean, I would say the week of the draft, there's a lot of talk about hockey the week of the draft. Um, free agency doesn't really impact much, but unless unless a big name goes to a big city or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh yes baseball is definitely the number one right now uh i get a lot of people coming in for baseball uh we sell a lot of single cards um rather than the boxes during the summer yeah. so i put out i put out a lot of lot of bulk stuff that people can come in sit there for an hour look through all the cards and just find stuff that they like whether it's old stuff new stuff uh, people right now are just going crazy over uh, Acuna, Otani, uh, De La Cruz. Those are the three big names right now that everyone's looking for in baseball. So hard to keep up with everyone's demand uh, when it comes to those three big names. But uh, yeah, it's it it, it is. Um, I want to say baseball dominant right now. That's pretty awesome. Um, the draft. How does it affect cards? So the draft affects cards because obviously the number one pick is always is the number one pick. And when you get a, uh, for instance, this year, you get an original six team, Chicago, who gets the first picked overall. Um, it's definitely a big sports market. It's big market for hockey. Um, so Connor Bedard, not only was the hype behind Connor Bedard, but going to Chicago, being one of the bigger teams, that's also a bonus for that uh, card. So the draft, uh, people are following 
the top five or the top 10 guys. Those are the guys that they're going to put on their bucket list. Those are the guys that they want to collect over the next year. When they come out with the rookie cards, they're going to be chasing those guys. Um, some guys have a lot of hope in Fantilli and some in Carlson. Uh, everyone, some people are all in on Bedard. Um, so people, some people will, some people will not want to go for Bedard because they think, oh, it's going to be too expensive. So I'm going to go for the number two guy or for the number three guy and try, try to, um, you know, buy, buy low and, and, and hit, hit it high, like hit the, the big market, hit, hit the high price. Yeah. Um, are yeah. uh, are auto racing cards still big? Because I mean, I, I think I saw something somewhere of uh, of uh, someone who found an auto racing card that they had had for a while, and and I think they made a pretty big score on it. Yeah, so auto racing was uh, was big. The Topps Chrome they came out in 2020, 2021. Um, that was the biggest year. It's it's kind of fallen off a little bit. I do have some demand, but. Uh, the last this last uh, two weeks there was some announcements in F1 that actually uh, brought a bit of hype. People started coming back again. So it, during the season of F1 is, mm -hmm. is is when it's you know just like the hockey season or the baseball season when the season is is going on and and somebody does something big mm -hmm. or you know they could win another championship or something. That's definitely uh, big for the F1. So let's say I have an F1 card, yep. right? And um, there's a Grand Prix here every year, and there has been for the longest time. I would sell this card here in this market. Someone else is in another city, in another market, where they don't have an F1 race. They have that same card. They go to a card store in that city that they're living in that does not have a race. Will they get less for their card than I will for my card, seeing as the city I'm in has a Grand Prix? It's got no bearing whatsoever. I believe so. So when it comes to card stores, local card stores like that, I believe that you will get, that person will get less. Now, there's always the option of selling online and trying to maximize your, your, um, uh, your the, the amount of people that you touch, like so. If you go on eBay per se, you're you're now worldwide, and everyone across the world can see that card. So, um, someone from your city with your race could buy that card, and I think that would be the best place to sell it for that other person that does not necessarily have a race. All right. Uh, are there any? And I I I know that they're not out yet. But I'm saying, like, are there any David Reinbacker cards that were out when he was this past year when he was playing in Switzerland or anything like no, that? No, no, there's nothing, nothing Reinbacker yet. Um, it'll be out probably in Series 2, which will be in February. Uh, that will be my guess, would be Series 2 in February. Connor Bedard's card. Yep. His first overall, you know, everyone knows the hype. Um, do they come out with as many Connor Bedard cards as they would David Reinbacker cards? Or because he's you know such a prestigious player, are there very few of those that are going to be available? That is a question that myself and every other dealer across the world would love Upper Deck to answer. Oh, and they don't answer that? No, 
That's, uh, I don't know anybody that knows the answer to that question. So that's, that, that's the big thing is that um, when, it, when we talk about the rookie card and say the young guns per se, how many McDavid young guns are made? That's the big thing. We don't know. We don't know how many are actually produced. I've, I've heard different theories. I've heard different people take guesses or think they know, but I've heard it asked. I was uh, listening to another podcast uh, not that long ago, and there was an Upper Deck representative, and the question was very – it was not answered. It was just very vague. All right. Uh, thanks so much. What's the next thing that we should keep our uh, our eyes open for? Uh, so once the summer, so a lot of singles going on at the store right now. People, uh, like we talked about the baseball. Uh, coming up in a few weeks, we have new releases for hockey all, uh, coming. So uh, it, it's a bit of a higher-end product. It'll be the uh, Upper Deck Premiere. Then uh, once November hits, we're going to be getting into Series 1. People are going to be pre-ordering that Series 1. And then uh, then the Connor Bedard hype is going to start. Once, uh, once September hits and games start being played, uh, that's when the market will go back up. People will start talking about Connor Bedard. Um, people right now are actually uh, making their lists. Um, a lot of assumptions in the in the... In the summertime, people are uh, people are really scouting it out and coming up with names and and people that they want to go after this year. So, you know, I I heard you guys talk about in uh, in with uh, in the segment before me about uh, Byfield not not exploding yet, but uh, for some reason I have a lot of people asking me about Byfield now. Yeah, because they they think maybe this year's the year. So there's a lot of speculation on on players coming up. What's the um, what's the demand like on Slavkovsky cards in Montreal? Uh, right now, I think it's at a low. It's there was hype when it first came out, and I think people are kind of people are in neutral right now. People are just not sure of what way it's going to go for Slavkovsky. Um, Everyone that comes in the store has a different opinion. Some still believe, some don't believe. Uh, it's it's very you know we're we're watching, seeing the news of what he's doing uh, for training stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Does that have an impact or not? I I don't know. Like maybe yeah maybe he does get better cardio, but is he gonna is he gonna is it gonna change him from a from a third line player to a second line player, could he play on the top line? Um, it's you know people are just guessing at this point. So I think before the season starts, people are just holding back and not necessarily throwing any money at Slavkowski right now. Yeah, personally, I think that there should be cards for those who have podcasts. Yeah, well, there's yeah. there there is certain sets that do. Uh, personal um, personal things like you can make your you can get your card done. It's doable. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any. I don't have any, but I know um, there's a, there's a guy like uh, I, I'm thinking some, about this. We should have sick podcast cards. We can have them done. Yeah, we, done. we should have them done. And uh, hopefully they're in the series one. I'm gonna end up buying them all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So Chris, thanks for joining us, man. You have no a great problem. night. Once again, it's six sport cards, La Tornade, uh, at one Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil, Dorion. The website, one more time. www.spalatornade.com. Have a great night, Chris. Thank you. Good night. All right. There you have it. A Marinaro, uh, once again, the sick podcast on this Thursday, July 13. I want to thank everyone for watching on YouTube. If you like it, like it, uh, share with your friends, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. If you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. For Mike Cinquino, Sean Gerard, and even David Grassi at Energy Transportation Group. For our friends over at Playground. For La Bitta TV, the Geloso Beverage Group, Aldo Geloso, and our buddy Ted Farace. I'll even say hello to Fred Sartor and the lovely Pamela over at Murphy Clinic. Fragnello and Sammy at Master Control. They're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. <laughs> And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.